When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. Who are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. Uh, Music. We are just getting started. Finally, a podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. I got a brick wall behind me which tells you that I'm home. What do you think of that? Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sporting a fancy new Pearl Jam shirt, which is all right. Kept following those guys all over the place. They were before us or after us. Never on the same show, but uh, shared a festival. Are they still independently run or are they on uh, Live Nation again or anything? Uh, I think they, from what I know of them, I think they're pretty loyal to the people that were with them from the beginning. So I think they do like a mix of our shows and then independent promoters and then they got all the rest of it. So they're, they're one of the last, I think one of the last ones that, that kind of, uh, yeah, like one of the last ones where it's like, well, that guy booked us 30 years ago and we're still with him and stuff. So pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So we've been following him all over the place and, and, uh, yeah, I, I generally I, I try have a collection of the Pearl Jam posters in the you know in the garage, and I only usually get them from the shows that I've worked on with them. Mm-hmm. I, I snag and them, and then you put them up on eBay and sell them for lots of money. Sell them for hundreds of dollars. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's all good. But yeah, man, how you been over there? What's going on? In good. Kansas? It's hot. Holy cow, it's hot. That's why I like yeah. it. But I don't drink a lot of beer anymore because I, I draw all the time, right? So. I've just been yeah. staying in the house. I've been really busy. This week's been jammed. Holy cow. We've got lots of commissions, lots of comics. Um, um, we're doing a show coming up, as I mentioned. Might as well talk about yeah. this right off the hop here. Yeah. Okay, so I have a rock show coming up, and it's uh, in Kingston. It's the end of August, August 27th. Got some rad bands coming up. Um, we are going to have a great benefit for uh, some animals here. It's the uh, – what do we got here? Sorry, folks. It's um, – Dogs and Cats Rescue of the DR Animal Rescue, okay? Now, what these folks are doing is help us take 100 animals off the streets of the Dominican Republic and send them to a new, send them all to new loving homes in Canada on a flight we are chartering for September. So what they're doing is they're trying to raise enough money to get as many animals as they can to bring home from the Dominican, who, as we all know, um, they just killed them there, you know? So they're trying yeah. to save these animals and give them another chance, like my dog Tim got with me. And... Uh, a lot of these dogs are going to have some special issues, you know, like my dog, Tim did Brent, you know, my dog could not eat anything, but like pure, ter- pure chicken. Right. Like if, yeah. if we had friends over and you would give my dog a hot dog, 
like just a bite of your, like a little, the rest of your hot dog, like you would do to a dog at any kind of party. He would break out in a rash and scratch himself till he bled. And then he'd, he'd walk in a circle and just take off. He, he, that's how sick he would get when he would eat anything with pure chicken. And it's kind of funny because it sounds funny. It's like, oh my God, but it, it was scary, right? Because he was sick constantly. And we didn't know this when we first got him. We didn't know how allergic he was to everything. So special needs animals. So a lot of these are going to be special needs animals. Um, we're not asking for you to adopt them unless you want to. Um, but we're just asking for some cash here and there is what we're going to do. Right, Brent? Absolutely. And that's great. And we'll we'll, uh, we'll get with our friends at the Team Blundell Network. And, uh, so check and Twitter. Do, check, tw- check our Twitter yeah. account for all the details, correct? Absolutely. All right. We'll, 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 we'll post the details after this show airs tonight. Uh, and then we'll do it tomorrow. Like, you know, after we, we air tonight, yeah, we'll keep it going. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it we'll going. Keep Cause it going. these are like, I, I don't know if we have a goal, but, uh, you know, we'll see. They, they want to reach a hundred animals. That's how many dogs they, they can bring back. So we'll see how close we can get them. to that. What's the goal right? at the actual, the goal of the actual event itself, uh, all proceeds going to, or, or, or after expenses or whatever it's going to be. Uh, do you have a number in Here's your head? Here's what we got here. So my, my email. Uh, yeah. from my new friends here. Great to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. The link specifically for Canadians to donate uh, charter flight. It's tax deductible. Um, we are we currently have at least 20,000 in matching donations for anyone that donates to the cause. People Excellent. can find out about our organization at www.dcdr.org. And again, we're going to have this on our Twitter page. If you need anything else, uh, reach out. So that's the information that I have so far. Um, imagine on the site, there's tons more information, right? Sure. But this is just what I got today. I've just started uh, talking to them because, uh, as I say, it's been a week, man. It's been a week. Machete we'll Comics that, is like, we'll I got to post that video where, where the first day, I don't know if you remember the first day I, st- I thought, okay, I'm going to start Machete Comics. And I, I, I did this video saying, okay, some of you out there are going to hope I fail. Some of you are going to be cheering me on, but, you know, here we go. So I should do that, show that video because, man, it, I, I'm do- it's, it's doing well. It's successful. And that's, that's the goal here. I mean, I love it when, oh man, it, it's just, it's funny. It's, it's, it, this is like something that you've, you've dreamt about doing yep. something that you, that you pulled together mm-hmm. and, uh, and God, it's such a fuck you to the people that are like, you can't, you know, you can't yep. make it as a, as a, as an artist or a comic book that's artist. That's only a hobby. That's a hobby. It's only that's a hobby. If you treat it as such. You need to go get a job at a factory and punch your clock and be one of us. Yeah, I don't even know if is there factory jobs anymore. Are they becoming it's, obsolete? Well, I'm 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 assuming there's actually a billion of them because every industry is completely screwed right now. And like the, you know, if you need a job somewhere, I'm sure there's one out there. Because I just went through hell in Europe with with, with airports and madness and it, like there's they, 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 thousands of people are needed in every single profession everywhere. So that's cool. Well, I like know. my profession. I know you yeah, like yours. Yeah, absolutely. So we get to yeah, talk right. about cool things like TV shows. Yeah, TV shows. I mean, we the the debate is always out about what was the greatest era of TV, and you know, obviously when TV first came out, people were like glued to it, and it had all these different things. But I think we, as '70s babies, got absolutely the best era of television because that's when everyone was experimenting with what worked and what didn't work. Uh, yeah. There was a certain set of rules in the maybe '50s and '60s that you had to stick to. Once you got to the seventies, those rules changed a little bit, or at least people pushed the envelope. And then we got byproducts of that in the eighties, more of the cheesy thing. And then the nineties had uh, its own feel. And now there's not even an audience now. And now it's like modern family and, and documentary style. It's such an interesting 
transition and people's ah. version of, of what what they think is the greatest era in at least sitcom world, you know? Yeah. So, what? Uh, so, I uh, what we're going to do here, friends, is we're going to just throw out a whole bunch of sitcoms that Brent and I enjoyed and talk about them a bit. And at the end, we're going to try and put them in a top five. Okay. Yeah. Now, I didn't. I, I like. I focus mainly as the ones you were just saying, the seventies, early eighties. But there are, you know, we will expand. I know you, you're going to definitely talk about Seinfeld, right? I mean, come on. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying, right? So I kind of <laughs> left. I'm going to leave it. So, like, I. My very, some of the very first, well, my very first sitcom that I remembered really enjoying was The Brady Bunch. Oh, I, I guess there's that six, what was that 60s or 70s? It, it went into the 70s though, it right? And that's that's 70s, when I, right? at least that's when I watched it was in the 70s. Now this is just my earliest memory earliest. of a sitcom is The yeah. Brady Bunch. And I love The Brady Bunch, man. Like if, if you don't know what The Brady Bunch is, it's it's um it's two families that came together, right? The man had, the dude had three kids, three boys, of course, and and the lady, she had three girls, of course, and together they made the Brady Bunch, dun, 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 dun. and yeah. you know hilarity ensued, and it was such innocent comedy, of course, right? Like you know what I mean? Like they there was never anything really, like nobody got got beat up or you know nowadays some of the sitcoms they go they go pretty far, they can really push it push it. Um, sidebar. I notice on all the sitcoms nowadays, the mom, they just make the mom ridiculously nuts. Oh. And, then at the end of the, and then at the end of the episode, everybody gets mad at her, but then they erase it because she just did it out of love. And it's sidebar, sidebar. So sidebar. the Brady, yeah, sidebar. So it's the Brady Bunch um, was, yeah, they are. And they're just, look at them all smiling. Oh yeah. You got to watch it for what well, you have to watch it just for the fashion and, and the old house layout. Um, and I think, and I think so, you know, Q WandaVision. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I right? that, you know, Great point. there was, there was like, you know, that sort of like, well, you're the one that brought that point up because I don't think everyone was struggling uh, so hard to uh, understand what it was all about. And then when you go back knowing what it was all about, then, mm. it, it, you know, the fact that her only point of reference for a happy family was, was these 50 and 60 sitcoms, mm-hmm. um, that you know it's really it's really something that it, it really painted a picture of and i think this is what sitcoms do really do well do best is that it really painted a picture of what life was like at that time right. ish i mean some people would be like ready bunch was not what we were going through in you know our shitty part of the world and we didn't have that but as far as america americana mm-hmm. ready bunch was like and it was also probably the first blended mixed family that was on tv i would think uh, yeah, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's and then you know you had this at the same time. Oh, which is Leave the it to Beaver. Yeah, see, I I caught that later. I didn't see Leave It to Beaver very much when I was young. <clears throat> Excuse me, or I didn't I didn't enjoy it maybe as much as uh, it was black and white too, right? So when you're a kid, you're like, well, I watch color instead of black and white. But yeah, so what was your first uh, sitcom that caught you? Well, if I if I remember coming through that, I think it was you know coming from school. Uh, they all aired after school. For me. Mm. So coming out of like kindergarten grade one, that would have been like 81, 1980 for me. So it was, you know, there. I mean, th- these shows were in the sixties, but we had leave it to beaver and we had happy days mm-hmm. and we had the Brady bunch. We're all kind of on back to back to back with Gilligan's Island, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, that was sort of your after school, like three 30, four, four 30. 
and then he got into like the news and they got into all that stuff. But that, that hour and a half when I was growing up, it was like, leave it to beaver. It was the uh, happy days. It was Brady bunch. Like you said. Um, and then, then you, you know, we haven't touched on the nighttime stuff. WKRP was in there, which I know was a favorite of yours and mine, of course, but it, it, uh, it was one of those things where then you have the nighttime sitcoms, you had the ones after school and then you had the nighttime ones that, that kicked in at like seven o'clock at night. Mm. I watched WKRP though. I guess I watched the reruns when they would replay it. Cause I yeah. watched it um, more around five thirty, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's cause they'd show, they'd show the original, you know, in prime time and then they would find a spot for it later. Cause there wasn't a lot to choose from back then no. for TV, you know, no, but it was WKRP. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was probably ahead, the second. So what, what was the, you didn't have one that really grabbed you like the Brady Bunch. I really liked the Brady Bunch. I love the adventures of the kids. I just thought, I yeah. thought it was, you know, I, the parents didn't appeal to me too much. Obviously I was just, well, like a little, little if guy. I'm being, being honest, like, you know, the one that I really loved before Seinfeld and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think my go-to was this. Oh, family ties. Yeah. And that's on again now on uh, Netflix, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I think Family Ties for me was the one that I really gravitated towards. I loved all the characters. Um, uh, but, you know, again, Three's Company, too. Like, they were, you know, you, you brought that I up. I was just going to get to that one. Hold off yeah, on that one. I'm just going yeah, to get to well, that one. I, but but, but the, between, like, Leave it the Beaver was, I just, I, I kind of dug how they wrote it. It was kind of cheesy and cool. But I guess it and, depends on what kind of cable yeah. system you were you were available to. Because I remember the TV in, in your area when I first moved up there. I was like, whoa, what are, what are these guys watching? You didn't get cable. Caesarea, Ontario didn't get cable till No, so you're kind of. 80, yeah. 88. I think it was 88. So it was Channel Eight. 3. It was anyone listening now from Ontario will know what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh, from, from this part of the woods. It was channel 12 at a Peterborough, which was in essence, a CBC affiliate channel three. You had global, you know, it was, there, there wasn't much. And then if you had the rabbit ears and were lucky enough to pick up 29 from Buffalo, that's mm-hmm. where you got GI Joe and wrestling. <laughs> that's where you got all the good. You would have had right. it because you were closer to London. You would have had, probably access to that but we I didn't. had some pretty good cable growing up as a kid yes yeah I had access to some channels man so family ties for me definitely cool. led, led, led Alex P. Keaton it's funny I, we were just watching Tremors there yesterday I think it was and the dad's on that in that yeah, right Michael with Kevin Gross. Bacon Michael ah, yeah a lot of people went on to do some famous things from there. one show that is hugely popular and probably still is that I never liked probably because I was younger but I still anyway I'm not a big fan of MASH never liked MASH Still, still me don't. too, me too, and I think yeah, I won awards and everything, and yeah, I think that spoke to our generation just before us, boomers. I guess so. I guess that I don't know what, what that would is. be. But anyway, I, yeah, I, I never got into that yeah. one. That one was so. I remember my parents loved Mash. I remember. I think that was maybe they would come on. And that was my bedtime, maybe even. But even at older, because I remember thinking, oh, I don't get to watch Mash. And then when I did get to watch it, I was like, okay, this sucks. Where's my WKRP? Right? Like I, I did. Yeah. Like, but, well, that was one. We, we got to like get them on. Maybe we got to get them on. They had a great opening. Uh, maybe we got to get all that. these shows had fantastic intros, man. Oh my god, Barney Miller. Oh my gosh, that is such a great jazz tune, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, man. Yeah, there was Mash there. But it's, yeah, uh, Do you ever like Mash? Yeah, me too. I was uh, a lesser known that. one that I enjoyed was Alice. I really, again, my, my memories of Alice, I always loved when Alice would come on. I don't Remember have Alice? an Alice, I don't have an Alice graphic, but she was in the middle here. 
No, no, no. This is a oh, different it's... Alice. This is a different oh, Alice. This is one where she worked at a restaurant. She was a single mom. Oh, and yeah. there was a lady with, with big red hair on there, Flo. And she would tell everybody, kiss my grits. Yeah. Right? And right. Mel was the big bald chef okay, that was telling it. everybody what to do. And and then uh, there was a, Vera was was the ditzy uh, one. And there's the three ladies, um, Alice's boy oh, and uh, and Mel, Mel, the uh, the cook. And I, I, I really like that show for some reason. I don't know what it was, but that's another one that stood out to me when I was young. And I found uh, it. yeah, I found it here. Let me let me add it here. But that and, was and, and Alice was an aspiring singer, and I always so, found that it was a pretty neat show. Now it, it got a little deep occasionally. I remember it getting a little deep every once in a while. There it is, right there. The girl, on, yeah, flow there. Kiss my grits. That was yeah. like a big catchphrase. You'll see on Family Guy they make some jokes about. Else, but that was that was an underrated one that I, I really enjoyed as a kid. Is there anything that you that was kind of flying under the radar that a lot of people wouldn't recognize um, that you enjoyed? You know, it doesn't I have like, to be really old. No, I, I get it. I I actually I don't think so. I, I think I was kind of I, I think I was a little bit commercial to tell you the truth because I really mm-hmm. only had had access to these. I really only had access to the main ones, and right. uh, and I don't remember us getting Alice, even though I know okay. Gilligan's Island. We all got Gilligan's Island, um, but I don't think I was. Yeah, I, I, I like Gilligan's think- Island, but it was more of a Saturday morning thing for me. It kind of blended in with the cartoons sure. a little more for me. <laughs> now, there's two I want to talk about here. Now, this is kind of wild too, because these are two different sides of the coin. So, the one that came first, I believe, was Good Times. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's about a black fam- family living in the projects and they had the crooked landlord. And this was a really funny sitcom. But at the same time, you could tell the writers were really trying to shed the light on some of the problems that, uh, you know, the, the black people were having at this time and how they were just being swept under the rug. And as a kid that I would watch that show and, you know, being a young white dude in a, in, in a small town, I had no idea what's going. You know, you, you see it on on crime movies and stuff. And then Good Times, there it is. Go, brilliant, brilliant show. Janet Jackson was on there. There's Jimmy. You know, he is probably Jimmy inspired. What's he talking about, Willis? Dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. He probably inspired all that. Um, oh, the father, man. I don't know the name of the. All the more fa- were fabulous actors and actresses to top it off, and it really spoke to me. And I, I wanted to watch just. So I wouldn't know what was going out, going on in the world. Now, I know I was young and I maybe sounded like I'm being, you know, a little facetious here about myself, but um, no, it did. That's, it spoke to me. I really liked it. And I wanted to learn more about what was going on there, you know? Yeah. Great, and great, I, great I, th- I think we, I think you touched on a really good point here because I think it really did educate a lot of us as to what other a lot cultures. A of us young white kids, other, man, who had no idea. You know, the, you know, the gag about the Jeffersons was, you know, that they were, they, they came out of all in the family, yep. you know, so they came from here yep. and then went to here and they were like the black family that made it and all the jokes that went with it, you know, which you couldn't really get, you know. And George now. used the N word. George all used the, the N word. All the time. It's just such a different time on trailblazing on, uh, on TV. So I, uh, yeah, you know what? And you talked to, uh, on different strokes and I don't have the graphic here, but different strokes was one too. That was. Yep. I want to get uh, to that spoke- one. We'll get to that one eventually yeah. too. But yeah, that inspired uh, times. Wow. Great one. Now on the other side of things, you brought it up three's company there. So they were pushing the angle on the whole sex thing. Every episode yeah. was about some kind of, you know, sexual misunderstanding. And of course we've got the fabulous John Ritter out of that one. Um, yeah. Suzanne Summers was in there. Joyce DeWitt, right. You had the, yeah. you had this guy living in an apartment with two girls. And of course the landlord 
was back in the day. There they are. The landlord there, Mr. Roper, yeah. he didn't like the idea of, of a single guy living with two girls. So they would tell Mr. Roper that he was gay, that Jack was yeah. gay. And that's why he could live with him. Now, again, this is another, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing the boundaries on a lot of things on this show. And as a kid, I was like, this is great. Not to mention that Suzanne Summers was very, very attractive. And, you know, there was yeah. a lot of sexual innuendos. And you're at the age where you're kind of learning about all these things. It's like, ooh, that's what that means, right? So another great show that as a kid, but on the opposite spectrum of Good Times, was kind of like, hey, I'm learning some stuff here that I didn't know about. And this is really, really cool. Um, now, there was a lot of gay slurs in there for Mr. Roper, but his character was a dork. So this is the Kevin Smith theory. You give the gay bashing jokes or the, the homophobicness yeah. to the idiot everybody thinks is an idiot anyway right so totally. it, it really works and this might have been one of the first times this was really used as a character that way in the in the main media the way mr roper was used as a guy who hated gay people um but he was the idiot he wouldn't have sex with his wife he was kind of leering at girls all the time you know he was the guy that nobody wanted to be like well he represented almost every 60 year old at that point right. um you know which was very interesting uh and then it was you know, but I, what I loved about that show too, um, and I know this sounds a little bit, I know this sounds a little bit odd, maybe, mm-hmm. but um, there was a tone of like Jack Tripper wanted to have a restaurant. Yes, and yes. His, and his mission was to have his own restaurant, and your Jack's uh, Bistro. This is the tiniest little little subtle thing, but for you and I as dreamers or as people that had a goal and had a dream to go about doing it, and I know you hate the I know I saw your post, I know you hate the if you're not going after your dreams, you know. No, no, it's thing. the way you say it. It's the way you yeah. say it. I know you can do it. I saw oh, dude a sidebar. Yes. Yes. I'm sick of these people that are posting things going, I know you can do it. Stay, you know, just believe in you. the way they say it like that. And then if you pan back on their house, they're living in like this anyway. No. I'm Got more it. of the person that's like, hey, man, grab the fucking bat, get in the game. I like that. That's, yeah, sidebar, right? No, no you can't. I believe in you. You can do it, but like that. Not like this. Come on. Yeah. Sorry, sidebar. I, sidebar. Totally sidebar. Totally sidebar. So I, one of the things that I, this was one of the first shows that I watched where we were brought on a journey where, you know, every single episode to your point was like the jokey little, oh, they caught Jack in the shower with, with Chrissy and they did this. But Jack was always working towards having a restaurant and then he got the restaurant and then he got the guy and then he had his dream. And I remember just being like watching it as a kid going, I really, I really wanted him to get that restaurant. I, it's, it's a tiny little thing, but we, how about you know, the struggle to pay rent? Totally. I and love like, that. Every, every, like every month it was like, oh man, okay. Do you got your rent? You got, I'm like 20 bucks shy. And nowadays that's like, okay, we'll take your beer bottles back. But back then it's like, holy crap, 20 bucks. And they live in Santa Monica. So like, I mean, that, right that's on the, the thing. Like they live right in the beach in Santa Monica. So it's just one of those things where it's like, it would have been crazy expensive anyway. So, but it touched on, you know, Later on, as you move into, say, Friends and things like that, Friends was obviously a byproduct of Three's company. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but that was the first show that I had watched where um, – uh, it's the first show I watched where uh, Jack had had was going after a goal and got it. Outside mm-hmm. of Gilligan's Island trying to get off the island, it was mm-hmm. Jack getting his restaurant and going – and, you know, I always – that was right around that time when I was 10, 11 and, you know, and I was like, 
starting to plot out dreams and stuff like that. So that that's that that show spoke to me a lot. Outside of all the sexual funny shit that was going on in there, and, and you know, funny. you know, just the girls looking hot. Yeah, you know, you're like, you know, you, you uh, think about yeah. that. You think okay, about no, that time. I'm gonna sw- yeah. switch gears here for some. I want to switch gears again too. Um, we also started seeing very smart uh, sitcoms, right? Now, one of, there's there's two I'm going to talk about here. One day at a time. Do you remember that one with Valerie Bertinelli, Valerie Van Halen? And there was Schneider in there. And I can't remember the actress's lady with the red hair, but she was a really dramatic actress. Right? Let me find it here. And then, of course, I, I, we had uh, the young lady who was the daughter from the Mamas and the Papas, Mackenzie Phillips, who was just a pair. Oh, man. Woo. The stuff she was going through and doing when she was acting in One Day at a Time. Now, she's a single mother. Uh, living again in a really crappy part of town, very scary, scary apartment building, trying yeah. to make a living, trying to pay the bills um, and two daughters, two teenage daughters. Right. Let me so, uh, see if I can find it here. Uh, so if you can't, that's OK. But it was Eddie Van Halen's uh, wife. There you go. One day at a time. And again, it dealt with some pretty serious issues in there. There, there was some pretty heavy stuff that came in there and there was some very smart writing. There was some very smart writing. Uh, I can't remember the redheaded lady's name, but she was a very dramatic actress. Now on the other side of that was Bob Newhart, the Newhart show. Now he was a psychiatrist, right? Yeah, um, and Bob Newhart, man. Yeah. Wow. And this is like, yeah, now this one was good too. I'm thinking of the one actually, this one was great too. Not as smart oh, yeah. as the one before where he was the psychiatrist. Gotcha, but this was another gotcha. one. Bob Newhart is, is one of those, uh, I thought he was a, a sitcom genius back then. He 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 would talk like this, and it, 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 he had his own little thing that he would say. But he was amazing, and that sitcom was great. The, and the way it, it evolves over the years. But the one before that, um, the Bob Newhart show, it was so smart. He lived in this really nice, uh, you know, New York penthouse kind of apartment thing. He was a psychiatrist, and it dealt with his crazy uh, his, his his crazy clients. And um, it was a little more smart. It was a little smarter, a little, a little more high end. Now that was another one that I would hear right before I was going to bed. Cause that was like, oh. not to watch. And then when I got a little older, I did watch it and I liked it. And I liked it. And I really liked Bob's wife in that too. I can't remember who the actress was with the short black hair. I, I found it here. Let me see if I can. Uh, she was, out. she was great too. And it wasn't a big cast. Like the cast wasn't huge. There we go. Yeah. 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 Um, really, and of course, the lady in the middle went on to do voices for The Simpsons. That's Mrs. Krabappel there in the middle. Oh yeah. Um, and then bottom there right there, the lady there, I liked her. I, I forget what her name is. Yeah. Yeah. There's Great so, cast. There's, there's so many of those. Like um, uh, the, on Netflix, they have that like the TVs that made us, the TV, those shows that made us, the shows the that made that us. Made That's us. a great show. Yeah, it's amazing, and it really. It's I can't I can't stress enough when we echo back to, um, what we were talking about uh, as far as like coming through the greatest time of television and coming through mm-hmm. the greatest time. There's so much there. There was yeah. like, to your point, like, the, like yeah, us white kids from the burbs getting educated on black lives at that mm-hmm. point and what they were going through. But then on the other side, you had the Jeffersons with the first successful real, you know, black guy, you know, and it's, it, it was almost had this tinge where like, it almost had this tinge and uh, where it was like, all right. Well, we're going to write a show, and Norman Lear did a great job on this with, like, you know, out of uh, All in the Family, mm-hmm. where you had All in the Family, Archie struggling, and then you had, you know, the black neighbor that moved in that went on to become super successful in in a, in a penthouse in New York, and it, it was almost like you had this like, we can we can do this, and we can make him successful, but he's got to be self deprecating, and he's got to like 
you can make him successful, but everyone's got to bust his balls because he's a black guy. It's just like, like it was this really interesting tone to, to that show where it was like, well, yeah, you're successful, but all the white guy subcast people that would come in, uh, he would make fun of them, you know, and, and it was like the first show where a black guy with the guy saw like making fun of white guys. Right everybody honky, yeah. 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 It was just so it was something else. And it was a polar opposite to all in the family uh, where you had, you know, Archie going hard <laughs> on, on his stance. Mm-hmm. And if you watch all in the family now, it's literally, I, if I, if you watch all in the family now, you can take any old crusty racist white guy which is half of America right now and put them into that situation. It's exactly the same. Right. It's exactly the same. Yeah. It's so, it's so funny how it, it's, it's come full circle. It comes around. That. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, there's, uh, and, and talking about different nationalities and stuff. So um, there's a Chinese show, an Asian show called fresh off the boat. I think it just ended. It did like uh, six seasons or something. Um, yeah. I think Constance, Constance Wu was the mom. Yep. And uh, the dad's Jimmy Jimmy Wong from Marvel fame. And yep. uh, Asian family moves to Florida and she's the typical Asian tiger mom, right? But here's, so this, again, oh, great show though. I love the show. Here's the problem. The kids are hilarious. My favorite is the grandmother who was an old uh, oh, Chinese yeah. actress from a sitcom. Jenny, yep. she's amazing. But here's my, again, my problem with this show is, the, is with, with all these new ones, the mom goes so hard on everybody being such a jerk that you hate her. And then at the end, everybody forgives her for what she does because she loves too much. Like she'll go as far as like, like screw up the little one's relationship with her, his first, yeah, there we go with his first girlfriend because she doesn't approve of the girl and do these horrible things, you know, um, like fake the kid's grade thinking he's failing school. So he breaks up with a girl. Yeah. And then at the end, everybody forgives her because she just cares too much. I, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Cause modern family does that too. Right. And so does uh, the Goldbergs. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They start off as a great show. And now it's just all about moms being psycho and then forgiving them at the end. So anyway, I see that with a problem in sitcoms nowadays. So that's why I kind of didn't want to go into too many today because they're so watered down. Um, I did Big Bang Theory is probably my favorite of the new generation and Bob Newhart's in it occasionally. But um, yeah, I say big again. (laughs) A lot of people are going, no, really? (laughs) It's comic books, like in every episode. It's superheroes. It's it's genetics. It's scientists. It's, you know, it's and there's hot girls in there, too. You know, it's got everything that I would want in a sitcom. You know, I really enjoy it. And plus, it's got Leonard and Leonard is I watched Leonard growing. He was uh, in Christmas Vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been in all kinds of things. He was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Penny super hot. Uh, the characters are fantastic. They're all fantastic. I, I think Sheldon, there's so many times I watch Sheldon and I relate to Sheldon, man. And it's like, whoa. And it, you know, there's an interesting new style of writing with all these two. It's quick mm-hmm. cuts. Like, you know, there was the, the big bang three. And it's all the same producers. Um, what's that? The two and a half men. They kind of yeah. have that same kind of like- vibe. Laura, you know, so it kind of has that same sort of like thing. Um, it's the one thing I don't like about the new shows. Um, whereas Family Ties, for instance, or uh, you know, Cheers, there was like a slow, like there was one-liners, but it was kind of this slow build into the episode. And I think it's just, it speaks to the generation now of like, got to get them out quick, got to have that one-liner fast. You know, they look into the camera and and like, at least on Modern Family, and it's sort of like, there's oh, the one-liner yeah, yeah. punch. And it's, 
I, I like the slow build, like to you said, like like Alice, or wh- where they were touching. I, I like that traditional sitcom that touches on mm-hmm. subjects, and it was half serious, half funny, mm-hmm. you know, or something. And and it's you know, some of it was cheesy, but some of it was yeah. really. I found really the Big Bang Theory. Some of the serious stuff was subtle, you know, because we're all a lot of mental things with, you know, with with, with people and how they act, um, especially mm-hmm. she, and 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 realize or. Respecting the fact that if you are, and this is what Zig used to always tell me, if you're going to be friends with somebody, you got to respect all their little Fs or all their screw ups or decide not to be their friend. Cause if you're going to be somebody's good friend, you got to, and they have some, I have some crazy mental, I'll, I'll, a lot of times, man, I'll be gung ho to go out and do something. So Monday I'll be like, Hey man, I'm with you. I'm going to go see that show. Friday hits. And I got so much anxiety about leaving the house that I can't go. And then, and it sucks. And then the next day I feel just awful. Um, it's good to have friends that understand that. And and Sheldon mm-hmm. to me is a perfect perfect example of that because they say to Leonard through the whole show, "Why are you friends with him? You know he needs me and I need him. He's my friend." And that right there is what you know. Again, Zig he's passed away, um, mm-hmm. and the the main one of the I think that is the most important thing that he said to me. Probably top five. <laughs> Other than have another beer, or would you like another beer? No, I'm just joking. Was if you're going to be friends with somebody, man, you make that decision. You stick with them. They got some fuck Zig, ups. Zig was, the, Zig was that guy that, uh, you know, every now and again would drop some, drop something there. Oh yeah. And he'd always take like, his times when yeah. he was mad at somebody in the group too. And you'd have to put up yeah. with that bitching about one of your friends, but then he'd, he'd turn around and, you know, give a shirt yeah. to you. Good dude. But anyway, so that, that, that's my point about the big bang theory that I really liked. Um, the, the message yeah. about that was that we all have our own little quabbers and fobbles and crazy little shit going on. But if you want to mm-hmm. be that person's friend, man, you stick through it and you respect it and you help them. Um, funny that, uh, we're in on that. So, um, I mean, that's a prime example then they all, you know, they, they yep. every single one of these had, Would you put up with their, George. Their, <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny. It's funny about that. It's like, I, they really touched on it in that final episode where as controversial as it is and how terrible of people that these guys are. Yeah. Um, they stuck together. Like, you know, Elaine tried to break off from the group. She tried to go with Bizarro, the Bizarro Jerry and the Bizarro. Mm-hmm. And, and it didn't work because the, the, her, him, her pushing Jerry and, and opening the fridge and getting food and all these things that, that she was used to doing with Jerry. They were like, what are you doing? You're, you can't do that. And she realized that she's, just, she's best with her group mm-hmm. and she's best with these people, despite their flaws, despite everything. And then they end up in jail and George says, that button, you know, they talk about that button is at a place and they're like, didn't we speak about started. this before? Yeah. And that's great. Like, that's, that's clever, right? That's I love clever writing. That's why I like dark comedies. There's a lot of clever writing yeah. in there. And then, and then friends, the same thing. You take that whole unity and that they, they bust friends was responsible for making coffee houses popular too, which is really strange. Kind of went from the bar to the coffee house. Right. So they're starting to, they're trying to, what, what they, I think that's a great example of just, you know, a great cast that really worked well. And writing. I mean, geez. The Mad About You was on before. Eventually then, but- the writing got good on Friends. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they really, yeah, st- yeah. they really, it really picked up. Um, if they didn't have such a good group, I don't know if people would have hung out through the first season or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you look at some other ones where uh, it was the opposite, but yeah. So we got to start winding down here. Cause I gotta, I got, I got, um, I gotta do some stuff here. I apologize. But so if we round this down though, my all-time favorite is WKRP. Um, my, I, I have no 
no problem telling uh, anyone what my favorite sitcom of all time is. My favorite show. Every actor in, that you're looking at on the screen, if you're watching this, is important. We got Venus Flytrap. We got Mr. Carlson, Herb Tarlick. Um, we got Bailey, we got Andy, we got Les, we got um, Lonnie Anderson, Jennifer Marlowe, and Johnny Fever. Now, there's a couple, like Johnny Fever, I wanted to be a, a DJ mm-hmm. so badly when I saw this. And I loved rock and roll. I just discovered rock and roll and I discovered uh, WKRP at the same time. Coincidence? I don't think so. Um, and Jennifer Marlowe, Lonnie Anderson was like my dream girl at the time. Funny that I'm <laughs> married to a lady named Lonnie now. And my first dream girl was Lonnie Anderson, which is great. Um, That's I still, like I have all these episodes and just looking at this picture, every character though, Herb Tarlick with his suits and his, 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 just the way. Well, and it also <laughs> represented, it also represented that, that corporate thing at the time. I mean, my mom right. worked in like a corporate office and I would go there, you know, three times a week or something mm-hmm. after school, whatever we did and everyone's smoking and there's the boss and there's yeah. this and everyone's fighting. And it's just like, it, it absolutely at that point gave us a really good example Ah, like that. So that would be my number one is WKRP. It's so hard to put them in, like, in in any kind of order, right? Because yeah, like, it depends what kind of mood you're in as well. Sometimes, but like yeah. Seinfeld's got to be. Uh, so number one, without a doubt, is WKRP. I just, I can't stress enough how good that show is. That is just, yeah. in my opinion, there's there's nothing wrong with that show at all. Every episode was gold. Um, I, I, I like Friends was great. Um, at the time when it came out, it wasn't really my thing. Now I enjoy it. I don't know if it would actually make my top five. Seinfeld definitely would. Seinfeld would make my top five. Another one that we didn't mention that I really enjoyed was King of Queens, actually. I really like King of Queens. I, that was I, was, one I, I was late to that. Hopefully we'll get Craig on to talk about it next season. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of Carrie Heffernan on there as well. What's her name yeah. there? Uh, she came up with, uh, with yeah, your favorite there from the past, from Who's the Boss? Oh, Alyssa Milano, yeah. Yeah, she came up with Alyssa Milano. Uh, Carrie Heffernan. Oh, Leah, Leah Remini. Yes, I'm okay with yeah. her. So I really yeah, like yeah. King of the... But, but it was a really funny show. Again, great cast on there. I don't know if that... Uh, top five, um, it's so hard. All those ones that I mentioned... Well, I guess, like, you know, um, the Brady Bunch would have to be in there. Three's Company would probably be in there. Hmm. Yeah, so that I'd round. I, I would love to have our viewers or our listeners uh, try and pick their top five out of these because I'm having such a hard time. Like the easiest one for me to do, and I wouldn't hesitate, would be WKRP is my number one greatest television sitcom show of all time, buddy. Over to you. Okay, well, I got to go Seinfeld for me. Uh, yeah, I, I figured I you would. That's why I didn't. But, I, but, I, but I understand that it's that it's post all the really great stuff. So, I mean, I'm with you, man. I love WKRP. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um, But I think that we got to, you know, think about some of these these ones that not necessarily that we missed. But Seinfeld would probably be number two for me. You know what I mean? Like, if not two, number three. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, that show just makes me happy. Alf was good, but the writing was really shitty, I found. Roseanne, I can't watch that anymore because I can't stand Roseanne. Now when I watch it again, I just want to smack her. But understand the time it was they were dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Oh, no, no, I get that. And that. the funny thing is, is that I kind of want to smack her back then. Oh, I shouldn't say yeah, that, yeah. I guess. But there was a couple people on that show I wanted to smack. But Right. Well, that's good writing then, isn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> they, then it, get, it gets to the point where it's just annoying. Yeah. Where you just don't want to I, I thought her. they touched on some stuff. But for me, Seinfeld, for sure, number one. It's, it's my go-to. If it's on, I'm stuck. If Friends is on, maybe. I don't know. Uh, if WKRP is on, 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, if All in the Family's on, yes. I love the writing <laughs> in All in the Family. I absolutely loved the dynamic between the dynamic between um, Meathead and you know and Archie. Like I love mm-hmm. that political thing that was in there. That I you know I mean all of these could be in there, uh, but uh, something that we also didn't touch on. Cheers, yeah, yeah. Cheers, Cheers is a one, another one where I watched it when I was younger and I loved it, and I put it on now and I find it uh, I kind of boring. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, um, great castle, man. Like I can't say anything bad about it. I think it's just my mentality right now. That's a great one too. That is a really good show. I loved Mona. it. I love that show a lot, and not just because I love Alyssa Milano, but I just lo- I, yeah. lo- I like the, the structure of it. Uh, I liked the the concept that he had to do it. But number one for me, Seinfeld. Number two for me. Family Ties. Nice. Good one. I would then go there, for the... Oh, keep going. Revolving, keep going? Then, well, then there's a revolving door of yeah. the next three because... Uh, and that, I Honestly, dude, I got to tell you, I think Married to Children has to live at number three for me. You know, there just, just for... so I, much I, great stuff I there. forgot about it. And I just put that on the other night. And there's Again, so like much Kelly, great stuff in there, dude. Like Kelly, Kelly Bundy's amazing. Oh, Christina, God. Still like Christina Applegate. I think they she's just awesome. Got, they just got... And unfortunately for her, I think, you know... It's, it's, it's a rough go for her now because she's been diagnosed with, I believe it's MS now and everything. So she's, oh, it's too bad. So I think that's going to be tough, but she wins every time. That one, like, you know, on to Anchorman, uh, the, the uh, Dead Like Me, I think her new show that she had, which was She amazing. was in the new Vacation movie. I just watched yeah, that. Yeah, she's been in all movie. kinds of movies, man. She's awesome. Christine Applegate, good job, so dude. I good really job. Think that, I really think that it's, uh, and I know this is going to be a little bit controversial given what's been going on in the world, but I really... I think that this did a great job too. What's that? Oh, we'll see. Yeah. To a point. What I loved about this show. Mm-hmm. I really loved uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Yeah. Uncle Phil was really cool. Yeah, I, like I thought, Phil. I thought he, I thought he did a really good job. Is it in my top five? I don't know, but it, I don't think so because there's just make so much, there's so much other great stuff here. Um, I, you know, uh, there's so much other great stuff, but um, yeah, welcome back. Cotter was another good one back in the oh day. Oh my God. You know, there's so many of them, but I, but I'm going to go with a top, like Seinfeld, uh, family ties. I think WKRP would live in the, in there. Cheers for me would be number four, I think, cause I can watch it and, um, married with children. I think that's gotta be my, that's a good one. Yeah. If I do a a quick list, I do WKRP, Seinfeld. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let's do it like this. Watch this. Mine is Seinfeld. Mm Mm-hmm. Family Ties. Yeah. Married with Children. Yeah. All in the Family. Nice. Here's the boss. Oh, sorry. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I I named a whole bunch of really good ones, though. You had a good one. I know WKRP is there for you. Seinfeld's there for you. Yeah. Brady Bunch. Uh, Let's throw Married with Children. I think you're probably. Oh, Married with Children would be in my top five for sure. You know, we'll give you some nostalgia with the Brady Bunch. Anything by Bob Newhart. Yeah. Or Three's Company. And, I love Three's Company, man. Three's and let's company. give it, let's throw Three's Company in there for you. There you the go. Top five, so. That's my oldies. I, all great stuff. So what are your favorite sitcoms of all times, our friends? Uh, these are, we just, t- we've touched on our, our five. We didn't even dive into these guys. You know, we didn't even dive into the 70s show. Yeah. show. We didn't dive into one. all these, you know, we didn't really touch on, on friends or, or, yeah, or fresh too off much. the boat's a good one too. Fresh that off I the mentioned boat. That you know, there's Finger. so many things, but so where do you guys live uh, as far as best sitcoms of all time? Now we got about two minutes left before you got to jump. Uh, yeah. So you want to talk about your Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Go for it. Oh, geez. I don't know if we, wow. They got it. So they're a million and a half over the cap hit. I, I think right now, <laughs> um, to Chuck doesn't want to sign in Calgary. There's lots of rumors about, I'm reading rumors about Nylander and Kerfoot going to Calgary for Kachuk. Um, no, he wants to be number one in a big market. He's going to go to St. Louis. I think I was just going to say he's not going to go to a Canadian team anyway, right? There's, he will, um, he'll never the, be. No, he'll, he won't be number one in Toronto. He'll be. No, he'll be the, the thing four. was, is that that would keep Matthews and they would be best friends. And that was one of the rumors I read about that. Um, the other thing they need, I think. If they could, I think the other rumor I was hearing is getting rid of Buddy from Woodstock there on defense. Hmm. Oh, what's his name? Came from LA. Kept getting oh, hurt. Uh, Jake Muzzin. Muzzin. Getting rid of Muzzin um, and Kerfoot to clear up some cap space. They got to make some cap space. They got, uh, is it not? It's Jordy Ben there on defense now. Uh, great big tough guy. You don't want to play against him. I don't we know. had him out here. We had him out yeah, here. Yeah, I don't know how consistent he would be. It's not, um, ama- it's not amazing. No, I, I, you know, sometimes a new environment's good for you though. And if you're playing with it's somebody funny like you guys also have, you guys also have Adam Goddett and everyone was like, Toronto's like, Goddett, it's going to be the best. Well, we had uh, Adam Goddett out here. You were mentioning him. He was lightning on lightning in a bottle for four games. Right. And then, then he, then when the COVID thing happened, he went to Whistler with his girlfriend and okay. said, fuck it. I'm just going to go to Whistler and party. And then came back and gave the whole team COVID, uh, which put them basically almost out of the playoffs because they missed six games and then got shipped off to Chicago. And him, him and his girlfriend were like, fuck it, we don't care. You know, so it's like that's, you know, and the fact that Chicago won a shitty team that's not deep at all would would part with him. You know, he, I, yeah, he, well, he better if he's not the, the cool thing about that is that he's got some stiff competition, man. And if he comes in playing shitty, he's not going to make it because he's got, a I mean, lot he's, he's going to, he'll be a great playoff guy. I don't think people are going to be very happy with him over the regular season. He might, the, the thing is, is he might get that like overtime goal on a Saturday against Montreal on a, in November and right. then get two more points the next game and then right. go silent for 20 games. So it's just kind of one of those guys, but the whole league's all over the place. Kadri hasn't f- figured out where he's going. Like there's, there's, that's the exciting thing about what we're doing about the, about the off season. You know, mm. I think Toronto's still got some work to do and I'm, uh, this, oh, yeah. crazy, well, they got two crazy, goalies. These crazy rumors about, well, I like the goalies now. I like your goalies. I have, I still think they're paying much. too much for the, for Murray. I think four four point six million. Wow. That Samson off though. I had him in my pool this year and he was for, for, for pool points, the way they rank pools, like shutouts and, and mm-hmm. saves and all that stuff. Yeah. He was my, almost my number one goalie. Nice. Yeah, I don't mind the Samsonov guy, especially the money they're paying for him. Are you kidding me? He was great. But like just for four million, for for like four hundred thousand more, they could have kept Campbell. Maybe I, I don't yeah. understand some of these things, man. But of course, nepotism because Buddy had him on his team when he was running the Sioux, right? This is the last shot. This is it. Dubis. I know he's put his career on his old goalie. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. I like gambling. If they're they don't make it past the first round. Everyone's gone this year. It's oh yeah, over. for sure. It's well, they only got one year left for Matthews after this, and you know he's. Who knows what he's, he's going to do? I don't know if he's going to stay. I don't think that they're going to be able to afford him, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that was a good episode. There yeah, we go. awesome stuff, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us here, at Kids on the Escalator. Uh, we will be. Uh, I, I'm back on tour shortly, uh, but then we are going to wrap up, uh, and uh, for the season, very quickly. 
uh, and then get into it next year. But we're going to have it came from the basement very shortly. So we're nice. just going to figure out when that uh, when everyone's available for that. Uh, thanks for our friends at the Team Blown Dell Network, as always, yeah, for Dean. having us. Uh, over there and, and check uh, our Twitter for our puppy campaign. We want to save some puppies, man. We're going to go hard uh, to save some puppies. Uh, Chris got a big event coming up uh, and we will, uh, we'll post all that on our Twitter after this. So we will. thanks everybody. That is the kids on the escalator podcast for another day. Cheers. Um, Hi mom and dad. Hey, gracious Gary. Dangerous Dorothy. My dad likes the hockey conversation. I'll guarantee you that. Because he, he says he doesn't understand a lot of the things we talk about until we talk about hockey. So there you go, Dad. <laughs> there you go, Dad. Gary, you got to start reading comics. Well, actually, you know, he, we did TV shows. So no, they, they probably got all this one. They're nodding their head right now, I'm sure. Good times. Rad dudes, man. Thanks, everybody. Okay, see ya. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.